Good morning, church. Merry Christmas. Uh, you sounded good at the beginning when we proclaimed the good news of grace, but right now you sound a little weak. I get it. Not a problem. Hey, I just want to give us a quick update announcement of our new series next month, next week, next year. We are going to go and look over the five solas, the non-negotiables. And throughout the month of January, we're going to see the truth of how we're supposed to live based on scripture. Really, it's what brought the Reformation to be. And so you don't want to miss it. It's going to be a lot of great information, a lot of truth, so we can understand that these truths are non-negotiable. The five solas. Next year, next week, all through January. Let me ask you guys a question. How are you guys feeling this morning? Anybody else a little tired? No? I'm the only one? Well, I am. I'm feeling a little tired. And I don't mean just tired because we probably partied, you know, Christmas Eve and some of us did nothing yesterday and probably watched Netflix or whatever, right, and kept on eating tamales. And, and so that laziness is creeping into this morning. I, I'm talking beyond that. Because if I remember last year around this time, I also felt tired. And I look back at the year, every year, and I wondered to myself, where did it go? Does anyone else feel this way? I believe so. I think a lot of us are tired physically. I think a lot of us are tired emotionally. And I know a lot of us are tired spiritually. And why is that? Have you ever asked yourself why during this time of year we feel the way we feel? I want to propose two things. The first thing is I believe we're tired because we're chasing something that will make us feel at peace. That would make us feel rested. That will give us comfort. So every day I believe we wake up and we chase after that one thing. And Friday comes, we look back and we still don't feel that comfort. So week after week, month after month, year after year, chasing that one thing that we believe will give us comfort. For a lot of us, it's money. For some of us, it's a relationship. For some of us, it's you fill in the blank. And so the other thing I believe is that we know there's something out there that would make us feel how we want to feel. Again, comfort, peace, relaxation, rest. But we don't know what that one thing is. So every day becomes a week, becomes a month, becomes a year. And at the end of the year, we are tired. That's what it is. And you know what the definition of insanity is? Doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And so what we're going to look at today, as we open up God's word, is we're going to look at a story of this one man who knew exactly what he was waiting for. He knew that one thing that would bring him comfort, that would bring him peace, that would bring him joy. So if you got your Bibles with you, please open them up to Luke chapter 2 as we conclude our series that we've entitled 
the Christmas songs. Luke chapter 2. Before we jump into today's word, I want to just recap a little bit on the series we're just finishing today. So we started off this series, Christmas Song, looking at the song of faith. We looked at the story of Zechariah. How he understood what faith was really all about. And like most of us, we believe faith is waiting for God to act. But true faith is knowing that God has already done what he proposed to do. And trusting in that. And then we looked at the song of praise. We saw how Mary just praised God in the highs and the lows. And Mary knew that God could do everything. God is the God of the impossible. And then we saw... The song of hope. And we were challenged to see and really recognize where our hope was. And our only hope is in Jesus Christ. And today, as we conclude this series, we're going to look at the song of salvation. And the way I want to break down today's sermon is really into four parts. So we can kind of track down these verses. And what we're going to look at are these four things. First, we're going to look at a person. A person. And then we're going to see a proclamation. And then we're going to see a prediction. And then lastly, we're going to have a procedure. Four things as we go down here. We're going to meet a person. We're going to hear his proclamation, his song of praise, his song of salvation. Then we're going to see a prediction and last We're going to see a procedure. So you guys ready? Let's open up. And Luke chapter 2 says this in verse 22. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they, now he's talking about Joseph and Mary, the parents of Jesus, brought him, Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens up the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now let me give you some context here. Jewish law had several things that you needed to do with your baby male boys. On the eighth day, Jewish law called for every male boy to be circumcised. You can read that in Leviticus 12. 33 days later, the parents had to come and and really present their first male to the Lord. We read that in Exodus. And at the same time, the parents had to come and offer a sacrifice It was a purification process. We see that in Leviticus as well. And this is what's happening in this story. The parents of Jesus, Joseph and Mary, were coming and offering a sacrifice. It's interesting. The female, after having the boy, needed to be inside the house, considered unpure, till 33 days later after the son was circumcised. And so they were coming out and obeying God's word, Moses' law, and offering Jesus to the Lord and purifying themselves. Now the law also called for that sacrifice to be an unblemished lamb. But if the parents couldn't afford it, if they didn't have the means financially, they could come and offer turtle doves or pigeons. 
And this is the case here with Mary and Joseph. They were a humble family and couldn't afford the lamb to be sacrificed. Side note, I'm not going to pigeon trail, I'm not going to go down a rabbit hole, but some biblical scholars believe this. That the three wise men, the Magi, or however you pronounce it right, the three wise kings, didn't go to the manger in Bethlehem when Jesus was born. They went and visited the parents after this took place. After what we just read about. Why do they believe that? Because think about it. The wise men brought baby Jesus expensive gifts, right? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They could have sold these things or part of it to be able to purchase a lamb, but they didn't have the means to do so. Now, I tell you this because if you have a manger, a nativity scene, and have those three extra monitos of the wise men, send them back. Get your refund. You don't need those extra pieces. All right, back to the story. Now we're going to see, Luke is going to present us the person. And here's what he says. Verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. That word consolation means comfort. The one who would bring comfort to the nation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Messiah. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, this person, this man that we're introduced is Simeon. Now it's interesting, we don't really talk about Simeon, the Christmas narrative. We talk about the angels, the shepherds, the wise men, Jesus, of course, Mary, Joseph. But Simeon is in the background. But he's this important, important figure in the narrative of Christmas. And we're told several things about this person, about this man, Simeon. He's righteous and devout. What does he mean by that? Luke's telling us that he is a man in love with God. He's also an obedient man. Why do I know this? Because the name Simeon means obedience. But more importantly, we know that the Holy Spirit was with him. Just in three different verses, the Holy Spirit is mentioned to be with Simeon. The Holy Spirit was upon him. Verse 25, the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not die before seeing the Messiah. Verse 26, and then it says that Simeon came in the spirit into the temple. Verse 27. Righteous man before God, a patient man waiting and waiting to see and meet the Messiah. So picture this. This is what I like to do as I'm reading the Bible. I like to play it out in my mind. Here we have this man waiting in the temple day after day, week after week, year after year, waiting to meet the comfort of Israel. And I can only imagine and picture that as parents came in with their baby boy, they would go up to me, oh, that's not him. And then Simeon, oh, that's not him. And then one day as he patiently waiting, seeking to see and meet the Messiah, the Holy Spirit says, Psst, Simeon, that's him. 
that's him. And Simeon, all excited, goes and grabs the baby from the parents' arms. And this time I'm sure Mary and Joseph are freaking out. And he starts his proclamation. And he says this. This is the proclamation. This is the song of salvation. Verse 29. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Now I can die. According to your word, according to your promise. Why? For my eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes have seen Messiah, what I've been waiting for year after year. is finally here. I have seen for myself the Savior, Jesus. Salvation is here. Now salvation in Hebrew is Yeshua. We translate Yeshua into Jesus. He's holding Jesus in his arms and saying, I have seen the Messiah. But not only that, I have met him. And I'm holding him in my arms. See, salvation is not something you do. It's someone you know. Salvation doesn't come through religion because religion tells you what to do in order to be able or good enough to merit salvation. Salvation is knowing the true Messiah, the only Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus. And he's holding him in his arms. Now the consolation of Israel, the peace that I've been waiting for is finally here. The name above all names Jesus. Again, his proclamation, verse 29. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, he says. He's going to mention two things. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people of Israel. He's mentioning these two things as, as he's holding baby Jesus in his arms and his parents are just looking at him. And he says his proclamation, salvation has come not only to the people, our people, the Israelite people. Salvation has come to the Gentiles. Church, we are Gentiles. Anyone who is not a Jew is a Gentile. And Simeon is saying salvation has come to all, every single one. Who believes in the name above all names, salvation is theirs. That's the proclamation. That is the song of salvation that Simeon is proclaiming. That Simeon is rejoicing. That salvation is for all. And that, church, is what we celebrated yesterday. That is Christmas. And I love what Paul says in Galatians 4.4. He says this. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, a 15-year-old virgin, born under the law, the Jewish law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Salvation is for all. And that's why we proclaim John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever, whoever believes... In him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Again, picture that. Mary and Joseph are looking at this man, an older man, and he's celebrating 
the song of salvation. And they're freaking out. And probably Joseph is saying, Mary, did you hear that? We knew that he was Messiah, but he's Messiah for all. Isn't that great? But there's more. Simeon doesn't stop there. Simeon then has a prediction. And this is what he says in verse 33. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. And for a sign that is opposed. And the sword will pierce through your own soul also. So that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So the parents are so excited. They're hearing the good news. And then Simeon stops and looks at Mary. And says, Mary, behold. This beautiful baby boy that I'm holding in my arms. That, that is bringing salvation to all who will believe. Behold. People are going to love him. But a lot of people are going to hate him. This baby boy that I'm holding in my arms will bring peace to so many. But he also will bring opposition. What he is saying is, Mary, your baby boy, he is salvation. But salvation is coming at a cost. A great, great cost. And I can only picture 33 years later as Mary stood at the foot of the cross looking at his, her baby boy, beaten, unrecognizable, gasping for air just to stay alive. I can only imagine Mary looking back to this day saying, wow, I feel the sword piercing through my soul. This is the prediction. My son is dying. My son is bringing salvation. But it's at cost. A deep cost. And that's what Simeon was prediction. See, church, salvation is a gift. But it cost Jesus' life. It cost Jesus' last drop of blood. See, Jesus died so that you and I and anyone who believes in Messiah, in Yeshua, could live. How do you receive that gift of salvation? It's coming to your knees and saying, Father, I'm done. I'm done. The only comfort. The only comfort, the only hope I have is your son, Jesus Christ. And accepting him into your heart, not just your head and knowing about these stories, but revealing that the Holy Spirit really revealing your heart that you are a sinner in need of a savior. And then salvation comes at the cost of Jesus on the cross. We've seen the person... We heard about the proclamation and the prediction. Now I want to talk about the procedure. Look with me again in verse 35. 
Simeon says, and a sword will pierce through your own soul, Mary, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. There's a purpose for this. So that the true intentions of the hearts of those that say, that truly believe is going to be revealed. I love the way C.S. Lewis puts it. He puts it this way. We must pass through the pain of repentance before we get to the peace, before we get to the comfort, before we get to salvation. This is the way I like to put it. And here's my sermon point to you this morning. The discomfort of conviction, the Holy Spirit piercing through your soul leads to consolation of salvation. Church, you cannot have the resurrection without the cross. You need the Holy Spirit to boom, pierce your soul, to reveal your intentions of your heart so that you and I, anyone can recognize, we're sinners. Repent. That's why Christ died for you and for me. So we're able to see that the only hope, the only comfort comes through Jesus Christ who paid for our debt. That is the procedure that the Holy Spirit needs to work in our hearts before we can receive the comfort, the consolation of salvation. So have you let God work on your heart? Have you had this procedure done that only He can do? Has the Holy Spirit pierced your soul? Have you come to that point down on your knees and repented? See, if you're chasing after things, as we tend to do year after year after year, that you think is going to bring you comfort and sanity, because you're not going to get a different result. Aren't you tired? Some of us are tired spiritually, trying to be good enough. But Jesus has a promise for all those who are tired. He says this in Matthew eleven twenty eight: Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. And he, only him, will give you rest. I know that to be true, church. For years and years I tried to be good enough. But the day I knew and heard and clearly understood the gospel... Comfort. The comfort I was chasing after money, the comfort that I was chasing after being popular never gave me that comfort until the Holy Spirit proceeded the procedure in my heart. What would happen? What would happen this new year if we as a church family stopped chasing things that we think would satisfy us? Money, relationships. What would happen if we don't just use Jesus for what he can do? Have the Holy Spirit, have the Holy Spirit work in your heart. Are you pursuing Jesus to see what you can get? Are you pursuing Jesus for who he is? What would happen, church? What would happen if this new year we let go of the past and realized that we truly are sinners and that the only one who can forgive our sins, the only true salvation comes through Yeshua, Messiah salvation. What would happen? What would happen this year, church, 
if we fell to our knees and said, God, I'm done. Use me. I'm yours. What would happen? You know what would happen? Consolation would come. Consolation would come into our hearts. Let's make that our New Year's resolution, church. Knowing and singing and praising and living our lives, knowing that consolation comes in no other name but Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we do give you thanks and praise again always, always. Not because of what you can do, because you can do anything, but because of who you are. Do a procedure in our hearts. Transform us from the inside out. Reveal to us through the Holy Spirit the truth of worshiping you. The truth about chasing you. And Father, I pray that if anyone here hasn't received that consolation, that comfort that only your son can do, that they drop to their knees, repent of their sin, and reveal to them in their hearts that Jesus did it all, that there's no other name. For those of us that have trusted your son as Lord and Savior, I pray that we are convicted and we live our lives purposeful, chasing after your son, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and truly knowing and living that there is no other name but your son's name, Jesus. We pray all these things in your son's name. Merry Christmas, church. Love you guys.